Hello, my fanist friends. Welcome to my podcast feed. Powered by ACAS Plus, here's a joke from my son. What did the bum say to the other bum? That's a bummer. You know, not for everyone. Uh, so, uh, look, thanks to everyone who's come to see the previews of Can I Have My Ball Back. It's been going really, really well, and uh, I'm really pleased with how the show's turning out. It's officially on tour now from Wednesday. I'll be at the Leicester Square Theatre. A couple of tickets left. Lots of press coming to that one. It'd be lovely to sell out, but there are a few other London gigs not selling as well. So if you're going to come to London... Maybe look up those other London gigs. And then this week I'll be in St Albans on Thursday, Gloucester on Friday, Chorley on Saturday, which is sold out. You can join the waiting list. And Glasgow on Sunday, two shows. I think the earlier show is sold out. Check with the venue, but the later show has some availability. Come along if you can. If you enjoy these podcasts and like them being free, then the great way to pay me back is to buy a ticket to a show or buy a download or a book from gofasterstripe.com. But you can just keep listening for free as well. That pays me back also. So, you know, no no pressure. But I'd love to see you there. If you just know me from the podcast and don't know me as a stand-up, I'm pretty good as a stand-up. It's a good show. I think you're going to enjoy it. It's only made about seven men faint so far. So, you know, are you brave enough to take the challenge? Let's sit back, relax and enjoy whichever podcast you're listening to now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Tabletekali! Please welcome a man who last night gave Michael Sheen a sticky handshake. It's Richard Herring! Hello, it's, uh, welcome to the show. Uh, it's, uh, it's Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre podcast, except at the McCunkleth Comedy Festival, or as all the cool kids are calling it, Rahalastapa Eats McCuff. <laughs> Sounds good, Eat McCuff. I should do it here every time. Uh, it is lovely to be here. Uh, the, my last gig on Friday was at the Queen Elizabeth Hall in London in front of 750 people. Here I am in some shitty little chapel in Mid Wales. <laughs> But you know which gig I think I'm going to prefer the most? It's the one in London, where it's just nearer, much nearer to my house. <laughs> and was really good. Very nice so far. Uh, and I met Michael Sheen. Michael Sheen's in town. Have you seen him walking around? And my, Tony Blair's here and Brian Clough. And, and Wesley Snipes from 30 Rockers, which is I'm most excited about. No. As my wife met him last week, and uh, that's all she recognised him from was 30 Rock. Uh, <laughs> But she didn't tell him, but I wish she had. Uh, and uh, I, I met him, and uh, I just, I, I got here like yesterday evening, and I was really tired. My son had been up at four o'clock in the morning. It's a long way to get here. Uh, and I was, I'd been to bed, and I'd woken up, and I was confused. And then I met him at a bar, and I'd just eaten a hot dog, uh, and it had gone all over my face and hands. And he wanted to shake my hand, and I shook his, shook his hand. So, you know, I had... I had mustard and ketchup all over my hands, and now so does he. But that was my only. Uh, I was I, I was hoping to chat with him because I wanted to ask him to appear in a forthcoming uh, film that I'm writing called Herring Blessed. That uh, uh, I was I was looking for him to play Richard Herring, which I'm not sure is a big enough role for him to take up in that particular. But I'm hoping also one day to interview him and then do a film of Herring uh, Sheen in which he plays Herring. 
Uh, maybe you could play both of them. I mean, no, he's, pretty, he's probably quite got the range to do both himself and me. What do you think, Ben? I don't know. Uh, anyway, so it was embarrassing to cover him in... Uh, Cover him in unguent. I think he, I think he likes it. <laughs> That's his own. Are you in, Michael? Tonight? No, no, okay. Uh, to, I thought he might come along. He loves the show. That's why he uh, he likes uh, he likes my dad made a porno. He's been in that podcast. And maybe I can get him in mine. I'd, Put some pornography in it. That's what he. That's what he. That's what he likes. Anyway, look, let's crack on because. Uh, oh yeah, so I'm, I meant to say. Oh damn, I, I fucked up the beginning. I meant to say, or the. I was hanging around the Centre for Alternative Technology, in Mackenzie, <laughs> and they call it Rohelisper Eat McFoot. But never mind. Uh, so um, <laughs> I forgot. Never mind. I forgot. You know, you, I haven't done the podcast for a couple of weeks. You forget. Uh, I, you know, I'll probably forget what the emergency questions are. Anyway, my guest, my, we've got two guests today. Uh, we've got to be very quick because we've only literally got an hour. Uh, so my first guest is probably best known as the woman in time holes. Come on. That is all we're going to talk about. I want to know about time holes. Sounds like my perfect film. It's uh, Jessica Foster Gue, ladies and gentlemen. A bit of ketchup on that handshake. There's a bit of ketchup. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm very well, thanks. Good, thanks I for thought for on. a minute we were just going to awkwardly stay standing. <laughs> we can do. You can do a stand-up it's a version. Very, it's a That's what Brian day. Blessed did, to be fair. So I'm used to I'm happy to sit back here while you just do your show in what front of Blessed me. What Blessed like... does, I do. <laughs> what is uh, Time Holes? Because it sounds like everything that I... It was a short film <laughs> that you're picking as the film. woman. Yep. I've had lots of um, acting roles there. But it's a very uh, popular part in things. <laughs> the woman. <laughs> just been um, security, gu- female guard <laughs> in a film recently. Um, Time Holes is a brilliant short by a guy called Ben Malaby, who is an oh, awesome yes. director. I, know ben. Um, I, it, I think, God, I'm going to have to try and remember it. The premise was. Um, that as part of your uh, stag do, you could be, like, as a prank by the lads, (laughs) stripped naked and thrown through a wormhole in time. (laughs) So I played the woman who's just casually driving along a a Crystal Palace road at night. Um... Yeah, and a naked man falls on the bonnet of my car. <laughs> One of those short films that is essentially written to give some dweebs the chance to try the special effects yes. of throwing a naked man on a bonnet in a car <laughs> seemingly out of nowhere. I, I was hoping the, the time holes would be on the woman, I have to say, but no, <laughs> that's, that was the, I had written a very different film in my head. <laughs> Never mind. So, um, you started off with working with Sarah Pascoe on a, on a tour bus. Is that right? Is that one of your? Is that sort of where you started off? It wasn't a tour bus. She did. Um, she did lots of tour bus stuff. Yeah. And I did. We worked together in one tourist attraction, but I did different stuff in tourist oh, okay. attraction. She was very knowledgeable and clever, as you will know from all of her appearances on things like QI. So she did brainy stuff and actually learnt loads of kind of facts and half facts about London and went yeah. around doing tours. Whereas I worked in Madame Two Swords and other uh, tourist attractions as a as a, as a dead person, as a zombie. <laughs> Um, like with loads of really gross prosthetics. There was like a four-day audition process, like the X Factor. They took it really seriously. And then you, you had to like develop a character, like a psychotic character. You had to genuinely get really into it. It's horrible. This is a training that they do just to genuinely scare tourists. Um, and then you, yeah, you leap out the dark in various ways, quite acrobatically and pop out of nowhere. You learn how to spring up from the floor very fast and stuff and go like (laughs) to people out of nowhere. And um, you would only ever be allowed to do three-month contracts because you're working in the dark so much and it's very horrible and you can go mad. But... uh, And they didn't want to get sued. Um... It was the most fascinating job. I got... They work out it was three months that was the time, yeah. though. Any, 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 no one went mad in two months. Everyone was fine. It was three months. Stop was... them! Oh, my God, they think they're a real zombie. Exactly. And you, but you would get assaulted quite often doing right. it. Yeah. Uh, once I, um, I had... Uh, but there'd be... It, I worked in worse tourist attractions afterwards where there was nothing... There was no recourse. Were you... Were you 
sort of hurt by anyone. Whereas in digital, there was a, in every room, there's like five buttons you can press that bring all the lights up and all the staff, all the security staff come flooding in. Um, but yeah, I had a very tall German lady once start... I popped up and scared her. And, um, and she, she just... Something switched and she lost it. She started doing this like, crazy windmill thing with her arms and like <laughs> slapping me over the top of the head and like ripping at my hair. So I sort of moved out of the way and put the lights on. And I said, what was going on? You know, what are you doing? She went, well, you scared me. <laughs> oh, I've, I've often thought about that because, like, if there was a genuine zombie apocalypse, right, the, your, your immediate response, if you saw zombies, would be, oh, it's some student actors or it's some yeah. people having a prank. Yeah, come on. And then if they were real zombies, they'd eat you, wouldn't they? And you'd yeah. die. So you have to take every zombie situation <laughs> seriously just in case. You can't go, oh... Well, you pranked me. No, I'm not. Uh, you didn't prank me. I knew you were probably a student, but just on the off chance, <laughs> I had to destroy your brainstem there. Yeah. To ensure sure. sure it was fine. Fair so you point. can't blame them. No. You can't blame them. No, for you can't. I had a weird thing as well at the end of that. I think I did two sort of three month shifts, and at the end of the second one, the, the sort of head of entertainment woman took me into an office and said, I just want to let you know that we've been talking. We think you're the scariest woman we've ever had. <laughs> Oh, God, there's so many things that are wrong with that. <laughs> I'll take it as a compliment. <laughs> and so did you, did you do work uh, with Impro with Sarah yeah. out of that? So you met Sarah? Yeah, that, so actually working. I started off in an <laughs> absolutely dog shit improv group called Mixed Nuts with, oh, a, yes, with a Z. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> delicious um, the premise was it was called Mixed Nuts because it was meant to be an ethnically interested a diverse group of okay. improvisers uh, there's a man who had set it up it was ethnically interesting <laughs> unfortunately none of the cast were absolutely none of the cast very white straight middle aged middle class cast uh, it was very it was bonkers but in that group were some incredible people and um, Cariad Lloyd was in it right and um so yeah, we were, and then we um, we went off, uh, and she they she'd been to uni with uh, Pasco, so they were already super super friends, and um, yeah, and we started our own we started our own improv group off the back of that and yeah. stuff like that, and then half of us started doing stand up, and then improv just got fucked. Yeah. <laughs> well, improv's really hard. Those, those guys, I mean, there's some incredible improv groups. Yeah. Now. We've had Rachel Paris on oh, Paradigm, yeah, and yeah, you know, yeah. there are these things are. I mean, now ostentatious is insanely. It's so good. It's so good. They're so but, good. But it's a bit like, I mean, it's like a muscle. They're constantly exercising it, yeah. so they're really fit at it. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas I think stand-up puts you in... It shouldn't... On paper, it shouldn't be such a different mode, but it is a different yeah. mode. Yeah. But sometimes I think when you're emceeing, or if, you're, if you've chosen to do a style of stand-up that's genuinely very improvised. Yeah. But... Um, yeah, no, it's not a muscle that I kept flexing. No, well, I think you kind of need a little bit of impro in, in stand-up. Only yeah. in t- you know, you look, the, when I've got a show really up and running, then you can start digging exactly. around with it. Exactly, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But you, you've sort of got the script, basically, that you then can veer away from it. And you get that perfect, like, m- moment of comfort and exhilaration in what you're doing and in the audience and in that moment in the room where you can genuinely be very much, like, on the point in the moment. Um, and that's the improviser. I think yeah. that's yeah, that's similar. I think that's the reason why, um, to lots of actors' annoyance, um, that stand-ups can get seen without having gone to drama school for interesting acting parts. Sometimes, because from the directors I've spoken to who have been foolish enough to cast <laughs> me in anything, um, it's because I think stand-ups have that uh, often have that ability to be very much in the moment, even with something that's very much learned. Yeah. Yeah. Or scripted. Yeah. And so you also did Night- Nightmare Live. Was that around <laughs> that time? Or was that later? That's no, way later. <laughs> way less of an excuse. <laughs> it was Remember awesome. Nightmare? Who remembers Nightmare? Yeah, because everyone does. Yeah. It was good. So you did, they did a live version of yeah. that, like in Edinburgh. And mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, you would have a. With dun- adults being the kids, yeah, I presume. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So we. There was a. I, I was in the sort of the second wave of people in it. Right. Um, but it's a creation of uh, a guy called Paul Flannery, who's mega into Nightmare, and Tom Bell, who's very talented. And uh, they're both super into it. And, yeah, we had this big set, and we'd move stuff around. You have someone out the audience be, is it the Dungeoneer? I just was never dweeb enough <laughs> to be. But basically, I got to play Pickle, who's this, like, dickhead yes. elf thing in it, which was so fun. <laughs> it's really fun to play, like, an arsehole. Who's, yeah, and, um, and a couple of different types of crone and goblin. 
really living the truth. Really using that law degree. <laughs> but it was fun, you know. Yeah. Again, that's, I suppose that, that was improvising. You never, yeah. there was no, you had to hit a few beats, but. Maria Bamford was in a Star Trek touring show and she caught an STD off a, uh, a Klingon, I think. Did <laughs> uh, anything like that happen to you during my, my life? <laughs> Gonorrhea off an orc. Yeah. <laughs> what happens uh, on Nightmare Live stays on Nightmare Live. That's why I understand. The, what, the only I, thing that sprung to mind that happened on the Nightmare Live tour was that we were so skint that most of our dinners on the road were in Weatherspoons pubs. Right. And once we went to a Weatherspoons on a Thursday, because obviously, curry Thursdays. <laughs> and um, it was such a such a laid-back, give-a-shit Weatherspoons that our rice came out still in its blue plastic bags. <laughs> <laughs> that's the glamour of that tour, really. That's the heady heights we were flying at. Um, and you were in, you'd been doing a lot on Radio 4 Extra and yeah. doing the comedy club, and mm-hmm. you, uh, you, we were involved together in a fantastic show we listened to, the whole thing. It's like well a three-hour documentary about, well about birth and yeah. an afterbirth, not quite. <laughs> uh, <laughs> must have featured a little bit. Yeah. So, yeah, so how did you get involved in, in that? It was a very, it's a very good show. Is it still on iPlayer? No, it's not. It's on, it was up there for a month, and right. that's it. But hopefully, they, you know, it's, yeah. not, it's not gone anywhere. So, maybe so you talked to lots of comedians and used some archive footage, but I'm not... I'm, yeah, I'm but Basically, it's called Motherhood Bump Birth and Beyond. And um, I think, so, um, it, producer Laura Grimshaw, who's now sort of become a friend after all this sort of gross open conversations. <laughs> um, but yeah, she, she, they, they get two rounds a year where they get to do three-hour specials. And we were like, well, what should we do one about? And at the time, at the pitching time, I was relatively new to being a mum. So that was, I was like, let's go for it. Um, yeah. But also I felt like from... She said, we've got loads of archive stuff about birth and motherhood. But it's, it was hilarious. And actually, I don't think there'd ever been anything honest on Radio 4 before. Yeah. Like, the, the footage they had was quite incredible. They had Brian Blessed... <laughs> yeah. In the middle of, I think, a front row or something like yeah, that, yeah, where yeah. everyone's talking... There was a male midwife on, which is what got him onto the subject. And then out of nowhere, he just starts saying that he delivered a woman's baby in Richmond Park, that a woman had just begun to heave a baby out in Richmond Park. And not only did he just just birth the baby for her, but then he licked the blood off it and (laughs) bit off the umbilical cord. Yeah. I did ask him about this. Did you? He didn't mention the licking. I think the licking... But the, that was the moment where he took well, the story I think he decided, a bit far. He decided I won't say that this time. But, he, but you know, when you listen to that, that's the first time he's told the story, isn't it? Or the first time yeah. he's told, told. Yeah. First time he's revealed <laughs> the truth <laughs> of that historical thing. <laughs> <laughs> Brian. Uh. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, but but all the other footage on, that we had, all this archive was all. I mean, there was one who was a woman giving birth who just said, "Yep, yeah, okay." Oh, and I think I'll probably push now. It was so calm, none of it was, it was so unreal. So just desperate, desperate to talk to people. And who better than comedians to just be horribly, ridiculously honest about their manky, painful time. And so, yeah, there's some very real stories yes, in there. Yes, we did. Yeah, it was fun. Well, yeah, hopefully it'll be repeated and you can uh, hear that again. Have you met Michael Sheen during your time in... Uh, I can't hear... I met him last week, Did weirdly, you? at a gig, yes. but not here at my time at McCuntliffe. Oh, yeah, okay. but I, I shook his hand with a normal dry hand. Did you, yeah. <laughs> well, he'll remember me, he'll remember he me. Will. Also, if he got hungry later in the day, he could just have licked my lips. got some nutrients. <laughs> <laughs> if the apocalypse hits now, he's got probably 40 calories on that palm, thanks to you. Does he seem nice when you met him? Did you have a no, chat with him? He loves him. Absolutely yeah. charming and lovely. They like him here in Wales, don't they? It's yeah, he's reason. one of them. Yeah, and yeah. He's, done, he's done some. <laughs> he's done some kind of um, clever outdoor immersive theatre, hasn't he? Yeah. In a roundabout, something on a roundabout. Yeah. Well and done, Michael. Has he given up? Act- <laughs> has he given up acting to fight for the rights of? human beings or something like that something like that something like that scares about something for Welsh people or something. he's trying to to get Welsh people up to the living standards of everyone else in the UK oh your first boo (laughs) well if you don't want the help he won't give it to you (laughs) if you want to pretend (laughs) 
<laughs> it's very lovely here. It is very lovely. Uh, I wouldn't bother with living standards if I lived here. Right? There's so, so, so much. <laughs> We're saying this in a, in a part of the world that there's solar panels on the school roof. Yeah. This is... They don't need our it's help. Ideal. It's ideal. But... As lovely as the Macanthith Festival is, you, had, you got in a bit of a fight last night, yeah. I hear. I he wasn't even dressed as a zombie. No. He, wasn't, he didn't even have that it's excuse. It's my normal, awful, aggressive self. <laughs> um, I stood near, near the bar uh, with um, some friends, and um, a man, big, solid wall of a skin-headed man, turned around, and as if my friend Jen Brister wasn't there, repeatedly showed... I think a noise but it's definitely meant for someone else in the room <laughs> but it kept very loudly shouting it turning around shouting it sort of right into Jen's ear as if she wasn't there and she turned around and said excuse me that's very nice he said excuse me do you mind that's quite loud and he said fuck off and I turned back around and Jen demurely tapped him on the shoulder and said uh, no you fuck off <laughs> But then it turned really horrible, and he went, no, you fuck off. And he looked like he was about to headbutt her or something, and he, th- he threw a, half a pint in her face and then threw the plastic glass in her face, and he turned back around. And we were all... Four of us sort of stood there, you know, shaking, thinking, what do we do, what do we do, and all about to leave. And up until this point, I think it's quite a clear line of who's the baddie and who are the victims. <laughs> and then I ruined it. <laughs> You applaud now. <laughs> but I could be dead. Um, I tapped him on the shoulder and flicked what was left of my cocktail in his face and then put the upturned plastic glass on his large bald head. <laughs> I just think my child might listen to this one day. <laughs> This is not how to behave. <laughs> yeah. And then we walked away and we, we went to tell the, the, some, some police that were there what had happened. And within a minute, Jen then had to go and do a gig. And I watched the police bring the guy out. And then within less than a minute, they're all laughing together. And I, f- I feel angry about that. And I think, oh, what on earth was he saying to them? And is, is there nothing you could do? What if we hadn't been so assertive, etc.? And there was no recourse for any justice in this situation. Simultaneously thinking, but I can't go over and correct that justice because I did definitely assault him back. <laughs> but I think you're OK, because when I was in my fight in uh, Liverpool in, when I was a month before I turned 40 with the university lecturer, uh, he, well, he tried to... It was very similar in that he was attacking women, as very brave men do. That's, yeah. that's my tactic in a bar fight, because I feel... <laughs> At least I have a 60-40 chance of winning that one. Uh, and, uh, uh, and so he, tr- he tried to hit this girl and then he, then he punched me in the, in the face. And then I, d- and I would never do this usually, but I did fight. I fought back or tra- attempted to fight back before remembering I don't know how to fight. <laughs> so I was very much the same as the, the German lady. I sort of... And we kind of... We sort of... He, luckily he couldn't fight either he was a university lecturer and uh, we a comedian we saw, versus lecturer yeah, well, this is a show Liverpool. that needs to be pitched <laughs> the crappiest fights if you think there's a lot of cuddling in real boxing <laughs> wait till you see what happens when you pitch that's a great idea making really unfit creative people fight yes <laughs> but when he did, he had me in a headlock and these bouncers pulled us apart kind of reluctantly. They kind of, these two bouncers, we were outside a bar and because we were outside, they didn't have to intervene. And afterward, they pulled us apart and said, we didn't have to do that because you weren't in the bar. But I think they were just embarrassed about yeah. how bad the fight was. <laughs> I genuinely do. And the guy ran off and then the, the Liverpool police arrived. My T-shirt had been ripped right off me. It was that... Uh, that's a, yeah, and, um, and uh, they said, if, do you want to press charges? Because the guy had hit me first. So even though I'd hit him, mm-hmm. or n- n- tried to, I did, <laughs> I did manage to get what connect once. And, if you've ne- and I'm assuming a lot of my audience have never punched someone. Just go out, so punch each other in the, in the head. Because <laughs> honestly, for about two weeks, I felt like the Incredible Hulk. I felt amazing. <laughs> amazing. <laughs> 
Did you keep that ripped T-shirt on? <laughs> I kept it for the show because I did a big routine about this, so I had it in the show. And I, eventually, I gave it away to someone as a prize. <laughs> someone's got, someone's got, someone's got that. Uh, and uh, but anyway, so they said, yeah, that I that, that I could press. I didn't want to press charges, yeah. no, and I, I walked away. And they, there was a cab driver. It was a Liverpool cab driver on the rank. I got into this cab. He'd seen the whole thing. He said that was the funniest fight I've ever. Seen. <laughs> So I Which, think you, I think you would have got. A, I think you could argue that he, if he, if he attacked, well, though he attacked Jen, I suppose. Yeah, so. he did nothing to me. No, I do. I get in trouble, you know, for wading in. For, yeah, on, but it's, on, br- in, it's brave to do it. But also, it's good. You know, he did. I think you uh, righteously correct there in your. I'm still thinking revenge. it through. <laughs> but also, I think you. But also, if you hadn't, if you'd gone to the police, they would have still have done the same thing. Yes, so exactly. At least yeah, yeah, yeah. So at least some... there was a moment. At least there was this little, <laughs> little glimmer of humiliation for a horrible man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you know, like if he if he did want to press, press charges against you, you'd have to say, "I'm, you know, a, a nice lady from England threw a drink in my face and put, <laughs> yeah. a, put a cup on my head." His friends are probably not. <laughs> yeah. His friends are probably not going to admire him very much. <laughs> <laughs> that. Um, I love the idea you call me a nice lady. <laughs> and you, oh, you're in Motherland. Yeah. Which is a great series. I mean, blink, blink and you'll yeah, miss me. But it's good. <laughs> I had a really, this is, so um, there's quite a few sort of, in, in stand up, there's quite a few kind of creepy older blokes that are a bit obsessed with women that do stand up, mainly yeah. on Twitter, and then some of them come to lots of gigs. And, um,. <laughs> That sort of sound yeah. there from the audience well, was a bit frightening. And one. <laughs> I did it. It's half like, she's caught me. <laughs> there's often very well intentioned kind people, but there's one, sometimes a little bit obsessive, and there's one who had come to a, a new material gig I was doing for Ashling B, very yes. brilliant Ashling, and, um, and she had. She doesn't reveal who's doing the gig because there's much more successful people than me on. So until just before, and she or she's very coded, and she put in a tweet, um, and there'll be a star, someone from Motherland on, amongst other things. Anyway, I ended up coming out of this gig with one of her or women in comedy super fans, kind of saying, first of all, getting everyone there to sign things, oh, and then um, well, it's, it's fine, but just. It's weird when people ask you to do that before you're very successful. Um, and, then, and then I was on the underground and he popped up and was like, oh, same tube. And it was like, oh, God. And then he ended up living one stop on from me, tube, then train. So I ended up basically an hour with this guy. And all the way through, he was like, so all the other people on, I know this, that, I know that that they do, I know this that they do, showing me websites, he's got things, pictures he's taken of them. He's like, but who are you? Also, um, what happened is, um, she's tweeted, obviously someone's dropped out tonight, because she's tweeted that someone on the bill tonight was in Motherland. <laughs> and I ended up going, oh, well, I'm not in it much, but that was me. And he said, no, I've watched it, and you weren't. <laughs> conversation you want to have with a semi-stalker of your more successful friends on a train at midnight going I'm in episode five three scenes although one of them's just kicking a football in a background come on mate come on stalk me I don't want to stalk you stalk me please stalk me you know where I live Right, I'll ask you some emergency questions from uh, the original emergency questions book uh, available for sale outside this gig on the little table out in the courtyard after <laughs> from the, my, my the salesperson I bring with me who sells. It's me. Uh, I also <laughs> Get this quick because we're taking this off sale because we're doing a proper one for a proper publisher, not go fast the stripe shit. Proper, pub- <laughs> proper publisher in the shop so this won't be available for long. <laughs> Buy this one because this is a Welsh publication. I'm going to do it properly in England. Uh, now, uh, <laughs> let's see what we come up with. <laughs> I did the accent at the beginning of everything. I'm one of you. Come on. Uh, it's, um... <laughs> uh, um, all right. How, how about... Uh, no, I won't ask that one. Uh, <laughs> just because it's a bit like what we were just talking about. Uh, <laughs> the one I've just seen is, would you like to taste my special porridge? <laughs> I've never asked anyone on that. <laughs> But I won't. Let's not ask that. Um, let's, I'll go, we'll go early. We'll go early. Let's say we'll, this, we'll go, this will go. Is that first. really in there as an emergency Would question? Would you like to taste my special porridge? You can ask that to your friend. Uh, would you... <laughs> 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I will ask you some... Uh, have you, this is a question I asked uh, Brian Blessed, which I thought I would get an answer from, and I think he has uh, an affirmative answer to this question, but he went off on a tangent. Have you ever seen a Bigfoot? Are you thinking about it? Yeah, I'm really thinking about it. Uh, <laughs> no. No, OK. Um, it's just a picture of a penis and some penis. <laughs> Great. That's what you get. Is that free. one of the emergency questions? Have a look at that. I think it's just... Give me a response. I mean, that is, in essence, 50% of the emergency questions, just in picture form. <laughs> what would it take for you to fillet the actor Keith Allen? Um, a sort of post-apocalyptic dearth of any other human. <laughs> really? Okay. You wouldn't want to waste the the valuable semen on yeah on a blowjob though. If it was if it was a post-apocalyptic situation, you would have to. Yeah, you know, little... you've asked the question, and at no point have I considered that this might be a sort of enjoyable consensual act. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's as, as a matter of survival. Okay, fair enough. I'll ask you a, a nice one. That was a nice. I'm sorry. That was. A... If you had to go on a week's holiday with a spitting image puppet, if you had to, which spitting image puppet would you go on holiday with? Uh, bear in mind the puppet would choose the holiday destination, and the puppeteer and voiceover artist would also come with you, but they would not communicate with you directly, only in ca- <laughs> only in character via the puppet. This is awesome. <laughs> Oh, God, how much of it can I remember? Oh, I can't... You're too, you're too young for spitting image. But I've got really clear memories, but only of John Major and Margaret okay. Thatcher. Well, but the grey John Major... Grey John Major just... I'd just have him. I'd have him for a week, slowly eating that pea. He was yeah. always having a pea, wasn't he? Was, he? Yeah. Um, yeah, I like peas. And maybe, if he likes peas, maybe he'd take me somewhere seaside-y, yeah. play the fish and chips. Yeah. Um, and I think if, were I to sit next to him puppet form on a beach that pallor I look more tanned <laughs> and the real John Major was a lot racier than the puppet John Major sounds so if that, like a bit if of a that, sauce bag he wasn't was, he that yeah. comes out that might cut in a week Forget that might Keith come out Allen. Of a... <laughs> um, I just think everyone I see is just inappropriate <laughs> I, it's, almost, it's almost like the whole book I'll, I'll ask you this question you might not have an answer because you may not know enough about the, uh, the franchise. If you had to stick a borrower up your ass, <laughs> if you had to, which borrower would you stick up there? Do you remember the borrowers? Yeah. Do you remember their names? No. Okay. The dad was Ian Holm. Yeah. <laughs> so he can pop up there if he wants. Ian Holm. Homily, homily clock, I think. Homily. Homily, yeah. Homily, I think there was. Homily clock. Homily Clark. I used to read the Burroughs books. I pretended when I was a kid. I used to. I didn't really like reading, but I knew you're supposed to read. So I would get all these, you know, the whole series of book, and then yeah. pretend I'd I'd read a bit of them, and then go, yeah, I've read that. I pretend I'd read the whole of Doctor Doolittle to my parents, and I'd read. I quite liked Doctor Doolittle, but I'd read about two of them. <laughs> there were about there were about hundred of them, and I used. To, I remember starting the Burroughs and having all the Burroughs adrift, weren't they? The Burroughs up your ass, wasn't it? Classic. 
Borrowers go up the dark side. <laughs> they would. I mean, they would at some point, wouldn't they? You'd think ever, yeah. there must be a borrower who thought, I'm going to give that a go. See what's... <laughs> there might be something I can use up there. <laughs> they were like wombles, or they were like human wombles. They were they? thieves. Yeah, yeah. They weren't borrowers. Um, <laughs> they were. I mean, it was awesome, but they were magpies. They didn't, I never saw them give anything back. Yeah. Uh, did you ever... Did you read books when you were a kid? And did you, you know read what? I was, crap, I was crap at reading for ages. My, I have a half-sister. My mum's other daughter is so into reading, and you could just see the giddiness. My mum was so relieved to have finally had a kid that was into <laughs> reading early. I got really into it, to my shame, reading... When I was about 11 or 12, I got really into reading Point Horrors. Okay. It was like a bad, bad... It's like, I suppose it's kind of slightly less embarrassing than romantic fiction. Right. But just very formulaic, terribly written short horror stories for teenagers where the same thing happened in every single one. Yeah. And still to this day, like, the only things in films and stuff... Whenever I watch psychological thrillers and that stuff, I don't find it that frightening. But I find anything where people are being chased around a building... Shit my pants scary, <laughs> even if it's really badly made. And I, and I blame the Point Horrors series for that. Even I'd read them more than once and be just as scared the second time. <laughs> but I liked all the I like my, my dad was really disappointed when I spent book tokens on Peanuts books, you know, Charlie yeah. Brown. And I love those Choose Your Own Adventure books, stuff like that. <gasps> they were great. Yeah, they're, back, pick... they're back, they're <gasps> back. Cool. If they ever went away, they're back. They're back. Well, look, because we're, we're short of time, I yeah. think we're going to have to uh, swap over. Yeah. But it's been lovely. Thanks for having, having me. It's Ladies been so them. fun. Give a round of applause. Jessica Mosque! <laughs> Thank you. And my next guest, she is probably best known for playing a giant lobster in Harry Hill's Tea Time. <laughs> It's Holly Byrne, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Welcome. Good to have How are you doing? I'm good, thanks. It wasn't a lobster. It was Kim Kardashian as a duck, actually. How <laughs> was it? The IMDB has got it wrong. Yeah, they did. <laughs> I think this one's going to be a fun one. I don't think it's going to be Brian Blessed level, but I think we're going to be on the way. Uh, so... <laughs> How, what's, what did Kim Kardashian as a duck do? <laughs> she had a wok on her bot. Yeah. Um, I had lips out here, I had a bot out here, I had a wok on my bot, literally just hanging, hanging out here, and Gok One was trying to get his um, stock into my wok. <laughs> <laughs> We're debating. <laughs> We're debating. They did a series two. She yeah. weren't in it. <laughs> I was debating backstage whether you would be uh, Holly Byrne at twelve fifteen in, in the afternoon, and it turns out you are. It's good. <laughs> it's good to see. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> it's very good. Um, <laughs> oh dear. So. Um, <laughs> Uh, well, you've done so many things, and what I like about you, if you, when you look at your website, there's lots of quotes from all the most famous comedians in the world saying how much they love you and how insane you are. Yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> so, are you really insane, or is it? Uh, it's no, a terrible it's just act. me. It's just you. And I, I don't attempt to, to do anything. It's just, just. I'm sorry. It's just how it comes out. That's good. It's, it's just, <laughs> don't, do not. Do I've not tried. Problem. I've tried to come out differently, <laughs> but honestly, it's better if it comes out like this. Okay. <laughs> I've been around the block with the whole thing, and I'm not good when I'm turned down. I have to be at like 200. percent Yeah. Otherwise, it don't work. Okay. That's so. good. You did it like uh, in Edinburgh where you stayed in character as the character you're playing in your Edinburgh show for the entire fringe, 24-7. Yeah, I did. Right? <laughs> um, no. Um, I don't know if you know, but the Edinburgh Festival can be challenging at the best of times. And really what you shouldn't do is um, stay in character 24-7 <laughs> for the whole month because that really does send you all the way... Whoop, whoop. <laughs> Um, basically, what happened was I did a TV show, an ITV show called Bad Bridesmaid, yes. where I was five days, five days, five nights in character, and um, the, it was a hen do, and I was playing one of the hens, and the other hens were real, and the bride was real, and only the bride knew that I was fake, and she sort of passed me off as her cousin's, you know, cousin's, you know, whatever, and um, and I um, I was a terribly naughty little thing <laughs> in the program, and I nearly got p- 
hunched. Um, and um, and it was great. I, I saw this; it was incredible. <laughs> I mean, out of all, we watched that whole series because a lot of comedians were mm-hmm. were in it. But you like really pushed it to the point where. Yes, know. well, it was dangerous. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and. Um, and the thing was, it was what's scary about it is I was doing this five days, five nights in character. Didn't didn't speak as myself. Didn't hold myself as myself. Um, didn't think as myself. And I absolutely loved it. And it does say Mark Wooden does that uh, that sort of thing a lot. And he says that you there is some sort of psychopathic thing in your head that if you like that sort of thing, which I do, um, it, you've got something really quite badly wrong with you. Yeah. Yeah. And I get a big kick from that. So I thought, oh, great. So I thought, oh, great. Um, I'm, um, hiya. Um, so I th- I'm just playing the room, guys. Um, so I thought, um, oh, well, it's brilliant for five days, five nights with a camera crew on you. Oh, it can't be that difficult for a month without a camera crew on you. Turns out the camera crew does help because if it's just you on your own um, in a town where everybody else is going mad too, it doesn't, something doesn't, it, just seems odd. Yeah. Well, everyone is real. Every, everyone's heightened anyway. As yeah. And, and nobody. And your friends. Your friends um, pass over to the other side of the street, so they don't have to be with you or talk to you. <laughs> I had most of my meals alone, staring at the wall. I had about four baths a day. Um, but, but did um, you stay in character when you who, were on your own? If a tree falls, Richard. <laughs> <laughs> when you were asleep, were you dreaming? Ah, in character? <laughs> But that Bridesmaid show was extraordinary because I, you know, I'd forgotten that I was watching some clips of it again. I kind of, I, in my mind, I'd forgotten that one person knew the bride. It was important the bride knew it was bride a joke. The bride had to go along yeah, with everything I said or did because you were cutting like your. I cut dress. up. So, so we wore the real bridesmaids' dresses that they um, that they bought. Um, these were the real things, and I took scissors to them because I found it too claustrophobic, and I cut it. And yeah, I nearly got scissors in my neck <laughs> the other bright spots. Yeah, it had to, be, had to be taken off at that point <laughs> it was but a, I loved it <laughs> it was a great series um, yeah. they didn't recommission it because ITV didn't want to have any more women on um, ITV anymore no. <laughs> despite commissioning it in the first place because they wanted to find some female talent but they thought nah <laughs> it was good, but there was a lot. Good of... ratings, good Twitter yeah. responses, good everything. Nah, let's um, go back to some boys. <laughs> <laughs> let's get some penises on. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see one of them in a while. <laughs> and uh, have you bumped into Michael Sheen during? The I bumped into Michael Sheen, or rather, he bumped into me <laughs> um, because. Um, I was on stage at the Macarena in that showcase on the Friday night, and he 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 arrived during my set. Okay. So it, he had he had an eye opener over time, and um, and then I then I met him backstage, and he looked a bit woo. <laughs> Never seen anything like it. <laughs> I like him. He's a nice. I, I once tweeted him in the middle of the night when uh, that, uh, I think I tweeted I love you to Michael Sheen. Yes. <laughs> well, I was a bit drunk. Him and um, well, he, uh, him and uh, Brian Cox, the space guy, not the actor. I'm not insane. Uh, my dad, my dad really loves Brian Brian Cox. I uh, go Brian Cox, the actor, over Brian Cox, the physics guy. Well, my dad prefers Brian Cox, the physics guy, and so I told no. him my dad lo- loves you. <laughs> he didn't respond to that. I, I thought he might, he might. I think my dad might turn for Brian Cox. He's an 81 year old man who can barely walk anymore. I think he would still. <laughs> I've been very happily married to my mum for 60 years. <laughs> Brian Cox came in and said, you know, what would it take Kid TK Herring to fillet Brian Cox? Not a lot. Not a lot is the answer. Um, I mean, you, so you, you're one of the... Like, quite a few comedians have done this, but you, maybe you were the first one. You went to drama school, but then you went to clown school, which a lot of comedians seem to do now. Yeah, a lot of them did. I did it... Um, a long time ago, and um, to meet the um, the k- k- king cling clown, um, cling clown, cling clown, cling clown, <laughs> to meet the king clown, um, Philip Gaulier, and he says uh, he's Paris, and he says you are shit, <laughs> and then he says you are really boring me, you are breaking my bones, <laughs> and then he says you you are be, be idiot. 
And that is the highest praise you can possibly get. And I went off a ah, happy woman. When I went there, I felt like I'd, I'd come home. I yep. did. I felt yes. like I'd come home. I found, found my thing. I, did one, I had done one Edinburgh, and then I thought, oh, I don't know if I can do this anymore. And then I went to see him, and it was all good. Yeah, because a lot of comedians have done have now followed that route, and it is. I suppose it's about finding your internal clown. Isn't yeah, that because idea? Um, uh, before I'd, I'd I'd been to drama school and been, uh, I mean, I'd done, I'd hadn't done any acting, obviously, because I went to drama school and they don't act. And then um, <laughs> I um, then I did and decided I was uh, my thing was being funny and not playing Juliet or Ophelia. So I thought I'd write. <laughs> I hadn't done any gigs or anything like that. I didn't know. I didn't know there was a comedy scene. And I just did a one-woman show at the Pleasance in Edinburgh. Got to John Godilla to direct me after having done literally no gigs. It was very odd, and it was quite a learning curve. And that year, my flat that I was staying in got um, it, just before I was about to leave the flat to do my show. Um, the fire brigade and the sheriff of Edinburgh came round, knocked on my door, and said, um, "You have to get out now immediately. This flat has been condemned." Um, <laughs> and I said, "Can I get my stuff?" I'm to do a show and um, they said no and I had to leave and I had to find a new home for the next two weeks and we took them to court and we won (laughs) (laughs) so um, and then so yeah John Goodell directed me and that was an amazing uh, experience and um, but then yeah I needed to find a a voice and um, we're still we're still all trying to find our voices (laughs) yeah so then I went to see Gollier yeah yeah. There's a sheriff of Edinburgh. True. Yeah. True, Richard. <laughs> I yes. did not know that. And he's knocked on my door. It was literally like hammering a nail, like the cartoons. Yeah. Hammering a piece of paper into the front door. Yeah. Wow. Uh-huh. Blimey. That's the, anywhere. I'm surprised you don't know. You've I don't got, know. I'm the king of Edinburgh. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> well, that's, I, don't, I don't know the lowly people beneath. <laughs> um, that's the, I think there's a sheriff. I want to be the sheriff of Edinburgh. <laughs> I'm going to genuinely apply for that job. And I love seeing you as Posh Spice in a corner shop. Which yes. Has, has yeah. Posh Spice seen this? Posh Spice retweeted it. So I did it at Vogue. Um, Vogue a few years ago do this. Well, they, do, they still do them. They call 73 questions and they ask a celebrity lots of questions. And they're very formulaic and pretty incredible. And um, uh, Posh Spice did one. And in her shop in Dover Street in London and... Um, there's something um, have you seen the real one no no it's it's you've got to see the real one to appreciate (laughs) my one but um it's something bizarre about it it's it's quite incredible anyway and um so me and my friend saw this and we thought it was quite funny so um i went along the roman road in london and bought a white coat just the same as hers but mine was five pounds and um (laughs) and um (laughs) Uh, and I used my. I went into my little local corner shop, which sells about four different things. That's like he has nothing on his shelves, and we replicated the sketch, but well, the interview. But we put silly answers in, and um, on just on an iPhone. And um, then it went. Yeah. Then she retweeted it, and it went totally bon- bonkers. And then I had a full page in the Daily Mail, full page spread, um, all over the. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, it was nuts. Absolutely nuts. Mm. Uh, very good. And do, have you ever been to Hollyburn in West Vancouver? No, this is what I want to do. I want to do Hollyburn and Hollyburn. And in Hollyburn, is, um, it's, there's, a, there's lots of things in Hollyburn. Hollyburn is a mountain peak as well there, right. and it's a country club, and it's a race course, and it's all these things. So I want to do a thing where Hollyburn goes to Hollyburn, and I want to walk up Hollyburn in a big, <laughs> big heels. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, it's one, one of these things where, you know, you go, one of those things where they do these TV shows with people's mums you know yeah so it should be Alison Byrne and Holly Byrne do Holly Byrne <laughs> there must be an Alison Byrne somewhere let's ask you an emergency question let's see what comes up <laughs> what was the worst occasion in which you were totally naked oh I mean uh, <laughs> too many to tell I did this show in my um, flat in Edinburgh once where I turned my flat into a venue and I started it in my bed um, I, and I did a dance in my bed. I wasn't naked, but um, I, because I was wearing a dress, I used to flash everything all the time. <laughs> it got a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah, but lots of people came to see it. <laughs> lots of people. Lots of people came. 
Um, that's, well, that's, Stuart said this about you, but you kind of have that air of that, that kind of old school 1980s yes. the alternative circuit about you, which has kind of disappeared a lot from the, certainly right. the main circuit now. Yeah. It just... Well, I think people, you see fear in people's eyes whenever I appear <laughs> and um, they think I cause chaos, which it's fair enough. Yeah. Um, I like to surprise and things and I just, um, I get bored easily, so I sort of like to throw in, you know. Yeah. Were you influenced by that stuff or have you, have you just, because you're too young to have. Uh... Not, not really. I mean, time. not no, not really. I, I think I appreciate it now. I see yeah. it. And I know those people and stuff, but uh, uh, it's just sort of raw and there. I don't know. I just this is how it is. As I yeah. say, how it comes out <laughs> is chaotic and um, frightening for, for others around me. I suppose. <laughs> me, no, no. But it's interesting because that variety is sort of. I mean, there are elements of the circuit where that variety is welcome now and where it's building and people are doing sort of interesting, you know, out there comedy and stuff that isn't just a man with a microphone talking yeah. about his penis, I imagine. <laughs> uh, and, uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, that is, it's great that that variety can... There's people still trying to make entertainment about variety. Would you do, have you ever been asked to do Britain's Got Talent or any of those shows? It seems like you're one of those shows, that, one of those acts they would ask whether you would do it or not. I wouldn't do it, no. Have they asked to do it? No, 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 no. no. I've been asked to do that sort of thing. I'm, I'm too, yeah, it would all go wrong. Well, yeah. I, don't know. I mean, you know, it's, it's a weird thing to do. Noel James, who I don't know if you know Noel Yeah, James, no, I, I saw you know, that, yeah. He's just gone on it. it yeah. was, when I started doing stand-up in the yeah, early yeah, yeah. 90s, late 80s, was just the most... He was surreal but amazing, and you yeah, think, that guy's going to yeah. take off. And then he yeah. you know, sort of didn't take off, but it'd yeah. be interesting to see whether it, what effect it has for him, because he's done very yeah, well on it. Yeah, it should be great, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you might do very well on it, but it's a question of whether you want, would want that uh, level of attention as well. Oh, I like attention. <laughs> Is that not clear? Um, yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't know if my thing... I don't, yeah, I, I don't know enough about how my thing works and if it works in that sort of arena or whatever. Um, I think I'm good when I have a, a proper context yeah. and then I can, like in the Bad Bridesmaid thing, where there's a proper format and people understand the format and structure and then I can just go crazy within that format and structure with, you know without both things being crazy, you know? Yeah. Um, or like the Victoria Beckham thing, where it's, you know, it's just a clear, again, a clear format. Yeah. Well, it's kind of, the, the internet probably is a great, you know, thing for, for your company yeah. as well. Yeah, 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 no, again, it is. in the 80s, that wasn't around. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, no, it is. Just to be able to do a five-minute thing and explore something. Yeah, and, and, then and I think the internet and stuff makes, and TV does make it, your con- it already gives you a context, you know, it already sort of narrows it a bit, rather than people, because sometimes I just don't have a, the starting point for me is kind of all over here, you know, and it's a bit, sometimes it's a bit too hard for people to, to get in, you yeah. know? So it, it, it always, I always need a way in sort of thing. Yeah. Um, cool. But, yeah. Um, I'll ask you another emergency question. Oh, this, uh, this one's been, a lot of people have been doing this on Twitter and having fun. What film or story or play or whatever would you like to see remade by the Muppets that has not, <laughs> that has not currently been done? Um... Dancer in the Dark with Bjork. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah! And who would be Bjork? Would Bjork be the only human? Miss Piggy! Okay. (laughs) Oops! Lars von Trier's greatest! (laughs) There's always one human, though. You could keep Bjork in it. And it could be puppets and Bjork. No, let's get rid of Bjork! (laughs) (laughs) I want to remake um, a Muppets Christmas Carol with the Muppets pastiching... The Muppets Christmas. I want a Muppets, a Muppets Christmas Carol, where Michael Caine is played by a, a Muppet, probably so Fozzie or someone like that. There'd be a human coming in to play. Someone would be playing Gonzo as Charles Dickens, so they would be. One of the puppets would be pretending oh, to be Gonzo. Oh, the puppet would be playing Gonzo. Yeah, so like puppet. Kermit would be playing yeah. Gonzo. Well, maybe it could be Kermit. I haven't right. cast it yet. Okay, um, I think. Uh, <laughs> I think someone maybe suggested Beaker could be played by a human. <laughs> apparently, you know, they were around, they were in London recently, the Muppets, yeah. and apparently the guy who does Kermit is like, he's like, it's like those people who are like, who work on children's television, they're always really moody and miserable. Yeah. He's really moody and miserable. Oh, no. <laughs> what a shit. <laughs> Sorry, what is it? Yeah. What's your book? It's a Wookiee book. It's like the opposite of a... Oh, Star Wars! 
Star Wars. I don't like Star Wars. Do you know, um, I signed... Uh, I, I went up for one of the main parts in that film. Yeah. But um, and I've never seen it. And it's quite a big deal, isn't it? It is a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Which part was it going to be? Do you know the 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 big one in the last one? Yeah, the girl. The girl. You yeah, the, the girl part. The Daisy Ridley part. Yeah, that one. Wow. Yeah. Fuck, I would love to yeah, see that. I'm yeah. going to. I am going to earn I enough. Find an NDA. I'm going to. I'm going to earn enough money to pay to remake that whole film by the rights with you as Daisy Ridley. <laughs> remake. <laughs> we might put some Muppets in. Well, there are basically some Muppets in Star Wars anyway. I'd look like a Muppet in it, wouldn't I? Let's face it. <laughs> oh, they, okay. went, they went big with their casting. They did. Yeah. Well, Adrian Edmondson's in that film, so there you go. So, yeah. So, you know, he's the first person who speaks in that film. Have you seen that? You notice him? Some people didn't spot Never him. seen it. Go and watch. Go and watch. It's all right. Nah. It's all right. You're like, Kids. It's for kids, isn't it? Old films are for kids now, it's all right. Maybe they always were, who knows. Um, what is the biggest animal whose life you have saved? Oh, my gosh! Animals! I love animals! <laughs> um, the biggest animal whose life I've saved... Um... <laughs> probably, like... Um... Probably like a cat, because... Um... <laughs> I don't like cats. Yeah. And so I suppose if I just, by my presence, by not being anywhere near a cat, yeah. I've saved their life because I could get nasty with it. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> well, in that, by that virtue, you've saved the life of the big uh, blue whale as well, haven't you? Yeah, you could say, you could say, I have, I'm not, by not yeah, murdering it. Save the life of a Tyrannosaurus Rex by not killing it, by not travelling back in time. That's me! Through a time hole. <laughs> oh dear, what a, what a world. Um, <laughs> I'm writing a new emerged questions book. I should have put some of the new, well, maybe I shouldn't have put some of the new emerged questions in. Um, what is the, what is the, this is an interesting question. What is the worst music you've ever had to listen to or had on whilst making love with an. Oh, human do you know being? what? I hate the entertainer. Yeah. <laughs> that is a bad one to make love to. <laughs> it's because it's I saw an, or, it's happy, it's an organ. I just, I just, I just, There's a piano there if you can play. It does say. Pro- <laughs> says the piano says absolutely no items to be pl- placed on top of the piano. That's right. You can still play the piano. You just can't put anything on top of the piano. Absolutely no that items. It is tempting. I've got some items here. <laughs> I would never have considered putting items on top of the piano if they didn't tell me I couldn't. Do they know comedians are coming here? It's like. A- <laughs> it lacks like maybe an ITV reality show where they know we get a load of comedians together put a sign saying don't put anything on this piano the minute anything gets put it's going to go the legs are going to go I bet so, well let's reach let's, I've just got to try it sorry about the microphone I got caught up in my foot um, we don't we don't obey the rules here I'd, I ch- shook Michael Sheen's hand without even washing my own hand. Yeah! Anarchy! <laughs> Anarchy! Oh, my goodness. So, what, what, have you done your show in Mechalchath uh, yes, yet, or are you doing it? Oh, I did it last night. Oh, did you? Yeah. I did it oh, last you did, night. You yeah. Are you doing any more? No! Just the one. You're hanging around it. for shits and giggles. Hanging around! I, went, I was wearing a white dress last night at a festival, as you do, in white boots, and I got, um, I was in the mosh pit. <laughs> Um, and I got an espresso martini poured all the way down me wow. and, um, and a big red wine um, all down the back of me. Oh, God. A lot so of... I've lived, people, I've lived. There were a lot of drinks flying around last night, so I'm amazed anyone managed to get drunk yeah, last exactly. night. <laughs> and there's just drinks on the floor. If Donald Trump could see the amount of drinks on the floor in the country, I think we'd be talking about that. Just go there. No one drinks. I just pour them on the floor. Oh, and uh, you do character a vlogger called Jane Pats, Pasty. Pasty, yeah. It's a um, it's the sort of you know a, a right wing um, bigot 
type uh, character. And um, funnily enough, my agent sent it to somebody the other day, a telly guy, and the response was, oh, it's very traditional and not left field enough. <laughs> and he said, I just didn't know what to say to that. That was... <laughs> I mean, you try your best. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah, it's sort of Kate, Katie Hopkins type, yeah, thing, yeah. you know, you see. So, yes, um, she just spouts nonsense. Um, then sometimes I think, oh, do I think that, actually? <laughs> well, isn't that... It's a fine line, isn't it? Isn't that pretty much how Katie Hopkins started as a <laughs> yeah, kind of... It's worrying. Oh, yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. I mean, I'm pretty convinced she was joking to begin with, and then... I'm pretty, I'm pretty convinced... <laughs> She was doing it as a, you know, as a yeah. pastiche thing to pastiche the left. Yeah. And now she actually She's, believes yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So is actually doing the things that she... Yeah, maybe that's me, yes. Yeah. Maybe it's starting to happen to me. I mean, it's, mm. one, it's one step away, isn't it? It's interesting. I mean, it's a, but that craziness thing is, in, is an interesting mm. thing because I think a lot, a lot of that, that sort of slightly split personality thing that you're talking about, that, you know, you've got, mm. like... Because people choose to go into comedy or they choose to go into politics or they choose to go yeah. into murdering people. Yeah, yeah, so it's, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Better, yeah. it's better that you do comedy, right? I mean, yeah, I mean it's not that bad, Richard. <laughs> um, um, I think, um, I wouldn't say it's a split personality. I would say these people are all me, really. Yeah. My agent says it's me with a hat on. And um, <laughs> they are all me. It all kind of comes from this comedy's about being the most of you you can be isn't it it's being yeah. no matter if you're a character or whatever it's about being the most telling the truth in a way that is you know um the most part of you putting that out there yeah you know and um i feel like it is it is all me essentially it's just comes out in different it's interesting facets. that because I, roseanne was <clears throat> talking about uh, the first rule of comedy being you don't mock anyone more famous than you in the audience yeah, definitely mean, not the first rule of comedy hey it's not <laughs> That would be a weird thing, your first yeah, gig going, I mean, who's more famous no. than me? And they're, oh, everyone. Right, I can't, I better not. Um. But also, but you know, comedy, I think there is, if there is a rule of comedy, it might be to do with truth somewhere along the yeah. line. But then that truth is such a broad spectrum. Yeah, so yeah, what you're yeah. saying, you know, the truth of your performance... Yeah. You know, people look at it and go, "Oh, that this craziness is yeah. truth." But it is—it is, a, it is that truth. my yeah. truth, though. Yeah, I yeah, think. Yeah, 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 yeah. And That's... I think, uh, uh, and I know when I'm not being truthful about it, you know. And I know when I'm doing something, I think that's not coming from a real place or whatever. Yeah. Sounds very no, is it? But, but you I know, think, it's um, because it's, it's, I think it's real because like there's you can get people who do like surreal stuff or crazy stuff, <laughs> and and it's there is it's a, there's an artifice to it that makes it not funny. It's very difficult with. Um, you know that that kind of surreal comedy or anything that's about that because obviously anyone can go oh you know, fish yeah, blah, blah, yeah, blah, yeah, yeah yeah anyone can do that but then actually to be it's the hard, one of the hardest bits of comedy I think to succeed at because it's actually you know you find you know someone like the mighty boosh let's mm, say talk about mm, them mm. you know that could fail very badly but they they get it exactly yeah, right yeah. and it's true but yeah, also they, yeah. they've worked out where they're going and I think it is like exactly it's about the truth of it and it's about um, it, it coming from you know. And my things can come from really weird sources or whatever, but there's always a, it's always from something, or it's it's you know I found it in some way, and it's and you have to go back to that place that you found it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, stop talking! You have to stop talking now. <laughs> <laughs> I told Polly I was going to do that when the uh, when the end of the podcast came. <laughs> I was I should have done it while you were talking, but it would have seemed so rude. Uh, so. Uh, <laughs> We have to go because another show's coming in. Ladies and gentlemen, Matt for Hollyburn. Thank you so much for coming. I love you, Wales. I love you. You have been listening to Rich Chang's Let's Square Theatre Podcast with me, Rich Chang. The music's my pest. Everyone here would like to thank all the people here. Uh, that is themselves. I'm indebted to my producer, Ben Walker. And it's a fuzz, Go Fast and Straight and Sky Potato production. Hi. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Thanks again for listening to the podcast, richardherring.com slash Ballback slash tour or richardherring.com slash gigs for all of the information on the tour. GoFasterStripe.com for lots of downloads and books and lots of fun. Thanks for listening. Go and listen to another one. Tell your friends about the show. Tell your friends about the tour. I love you all. I'm out. <laughs>